happy homegrown. Yes. <laughs> And welcome to the 15th episode of Left of Skeptic. My name is Brittany Lind. And I am Kayla Moria. And we have a special episode for you. We are a paranormal podcast. And normally the way that it works is that we talk a little bit. Kayla tells a story. I tell a story. We have a listener story. But this week, we have just listener stories. All listener stories, baby! Ah, listener stories. It is one of our very favorite parts of the podcast that we listen to, so we have been collecting them. But this is not just any all listener story episode. This is a very special homegrown edition. All of these stories are shared by people who participate in homegrown, um, attend homegrown. We've got a very special last story from the actual executive director. So... I'm pretty stoked. I know that this is the 23rd year of Homegrown, but Brittany, would you mind sharing a little bit for our non-Duluth listeners about what the Homegrown Music Festival is? Of course. So once upon a time, on May 8th, 1998, local pirate radio DJ, DJ Starfire, had his 30th birthday party, and he invited five local bands to play it. And that's basically the beginning of Homegrown. It has since, over the last 23 years, grown to be a 200-plus week-long festival that spans across the city of Duluth, over into the city of Superior in Wisconsin. And it is the most magical time of the year where everyone yells, Happy Homegrown to each other! And you get to see people that you very rarely see. You get to see all of them, all seven days, every night, and it is... A magical, magical time of the year here in Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah, I love it. They theme nights. So there's like, uh, there's new band night that happens on Mondays. Uh, they have West Side Wednesday, which I love because it's out in my neck of the woods. It spreads throughout the whole area. And it's really just, we're very lucky to live in a town that supports local music for the most part or has a pretty solid local music support base all mm-hmm. year round but this just ramps up the energy and makes it feel so much cooler yeah it's i was working at a store once where i was a cashier and i noted because it just came up in my facebook memories that i had now heard more happy homegrowns than i had Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Easter, Happy Valentine's Day, (laughs) or even just, hello, how's the weathers for an entire year? Because every person who went through my line was like, happy homegrown. (laughs) What? New person? Happy homegrown. (laughs) Happy homegrown. Well, then you have to answer happy homegrown right back. Happy homegrown. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it is fantastic. So I feel a little bad for our listeners who are not from Duluth. But what's great about this is that this is actually the perfect opportunity for any musicians that we talk about. So many of them you can find online this week because our Homegrown Music Festival, instead of being a 
seven-day-long festival that's spread across the city of Duluth, as I said earlier, is now all virtual. So you can find so many of these artists online, and we'll share all of those links on our Facebook. So it's it's technically eight days, I think, because it's Sunday to Sunday, even though, like, the for the second Sunday is more of a half day because mm-hmm. they cut it off pretty early. But and the first day is a half day. Yeah. So we've got two half. So a seven, seven. We're rolling with it. Seven days, eight days. Depends on how you look at it. And either way, we love it. Um, this is the second year of Homegrown that has had to change because of COVID-19. It happens either the last week of April or the first week of May depending on how everything lines up for the year. Mm -hmm. And last year, they straight up had to cancel it. They had a whole festival planned. The committee worked super hard, and then they just had to scrap it because of COVID. I actually was planning on playing in it with my band, Vinsigahosen, and then we were just like, well, remember how we were supposed to have, like, one of the primo spots in the festival? I guess we're not doing that this year. Well, (laughs) maybe next year, and then this year came up. It's like, wait, nope, this whole pandemic thing is still a thing, so not this year. But instead of just outright canceling it this year, they were able to switch it to a virtual format, which we will share the website for Homegrown, DuluthHomegrown.org, on our social media. So if you're not from the area, you can check it out. And we kind of viewed this as a way to sneak ourselves in there since everything's virtual why not have the podcast include a little something something so yeah and i also would like to remind everybody listening that uh as you listen take a photo of yourself if you're participating in my unofficial homegrown scavenger hunt listening to this podcast because this is worth points so don't miss out on some easy points (laughs) <laughs> so easy y'all so easy you just have to listen to us talk for a while i mean which is imagine us in a crowded bar with the music playing loud and then you're just sitting there nodding your head like yeah i totally know what you're saying Brittany. yeah i i hear you caleb even though i don't hear you at all <laughs> Brittany and i have both begun to master the smile and the nod when somebody's trying to talk to you in a loud venue yeah. and you're like yeah totally and then we turn to each other like, did they say something? I have I no know. idea. I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. So aside from homegrown, I just wanna mm-hmm. I just wanna remind everybody that I am on summer break too, so this is about to be a very good next couple of months. <laughs> Kayla's just rubbing it in so <laughs> hardcore. She's like, guess what? My schedule is cut in half. And I'm like, cool. Cool, Kayla, cool. You know, it's it's <laughs> rad though, we'll have you over. And uh, you can come relax in my hot tub that I'm setting up tomorrow or the next day. It's going to be officially set up. So relaxation time for me and relaxation time for you. Oh, I have something that I haven't told you. I've been waiting till we were recording again. Okay. All right. What? what what's up? Okay. So you all might have heard at the beginning of last week's episode that I could hear voices in my headphones. It was... A really weird thing that happened actually throughout the entire episode. I cut out the one part in the middle where I suddenly could hear music playing. (laughs) But it was just like two two little voices having a conversation in one of my headphone sides. Yeah, that's when when I said it was probably maybe a spirit box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because maybe. (laughs) So 
I personally think that I was probably just picking up on some sort of radio signal. I don't know if like my microphone arm was being used as a conductor or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's never happened before. It's not currently happening now. But it was weird. And it happened the entire hour and a half or whatever it is that we were recording. It was very odd. And so then when I was editing the episode, I was listening for it. And I couldn't hear it. So I'm like, okay, so whatever it is, it didn't get picked up by my microphone, which is fantastic. Um, but there were a couple of times when you, Kayla, were talking and you were in the middle of a sentence. So you're actively talking and you could hear. <sighs> and then I was like, okay, well, one, <laughs> that is so rude of me to sigh so loudly <laughs> while you're talking. So then I would go through and I would highlight my voice clip. I'd silence the audio and I'm like, Brittany, be less rude. And then I'd listen to it again, and sure enough, you're in the middle of talking, and then something goes, it's only on your audio line, so whatever was making that sound while you were actively talking was coming from your house and not mine. So I don't know what happened in last week's episode between the voices in my headphone and then this, but okay, 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 so this is really freaky, okay. First of all, whatever was there was obviously annoyed at my rambling. That's okay. <laughs> I get annoyed at my own rambling. But <laughs> so my sister visited because we're getting her fiance's truck worked on mm -hmm. at my work. And so she just showed up Friday night to drop it off. And we were a little bored. Mm -hmm. And we decided to use the Ouija board. Now, granted, here's the thing. Kayla. You know, we were bored. And we were fine. Everything was good. But you know how I'm always adamant that there's no way this house is haunted? Yeah. Because it was built in 94. So, And we know that nobody has died here. And it was it's only had two sets of owners before us. Mm-hmm. Um. We decided to use the Ouija board and used it in conjunction with a app on my phone. It's called Ghost Legacy. Or no. Okay. It's called Ghost Hunter Classic. It's an app. It's on my phone. And okay. it like picks up on words in areas. It has a little radar thing and it picks up on words. And sometimes it goes crazy and sometimes it's totally silent. So we were using the Ouija board and had that next to it. And for a long time, nothing happened. And then while we were sitting there just asking random questions, we said, you know, is somebody here? Right. And it moved to the yes. The planchette moved to the yes. And then my... After nothing having happened before that? Yep. And then it said, Miss Alice on my phone. For that app that picks up it said miss and then alice okay and then we asked if um we asked a bunch of questions didn't get answers to like your standard you know are you from duluth did you pass away near here anything like that to try to get answers and nothing mm -hmm. happened and then we just said are you attached to the house and it went to no oh okay and then so we 
asked, are you attached to Kayla? And went to yes. <gasps> and oh, then Miss Alice. And then finally we asked a series of questions till we got to are you happy? And it went to yes. Well, that's good. So there happy is a annoyed. happy something <laughs> named Miss Alice that is attached to me did not want to answer any other questions. And is apparently happy. We closed the circle and ended it there because I was like, you know what? Miss Alice is happy. I'm happy. And I've never actually used this board with any sort of actual results. So it's freaking me out a little bit. So we're going to close the circle and be done. But maybe it was Miss Alice sighing because she's sick of listening to me talk. Well, yeah, it was very much. And I don't even remember specifically where in the episode it was. I wish I would have paid more attention, like written it down, because obviously you talk a lot mm-hmm. in the episode. But yeah, it was. I I silenced my audio. Is it and in, so it is it still in there? Me. Yeah, I can't take it out because it happened while you were talking. All right, I'm gonna go back and re-listen and see if I can find it because yeah, I didn't notice that when headphones. I listened through, but I wasn't listening that hard. Yeah, it's. And I'm listening because if one of us, like, sniffles or coughs or, like, clears our throats while the other person is talking, that's what I'm looking for to cut out. And I attempted to cut it out, and it's not from me. It's from your recording. So that's my creepy story for you. <laughs> well, y'all, uh, Brittany had told me at the beginning of this episode that she was going to have a creepy story for me. I had no idea I was going to be able to tie it into my <laughs> Ouija board experience, which, by the way... The Ouija board thing happened after we had recorded last week. So. Oh. Because we recorded earlier in the week. Sarah was here on Friday. Uh, Okay. I wasn't sure which Friday it was. Yeah. Interesting. So. Well, at least now you know she's at least happy with you and no longer annoyed. So that's good. Yeah. I guess you'll find out if you hear any phantom sighs in this episode. It was just, it sounded so annoyed. It was really funny. Miss Alice, uh, please don't sigh at all during this episode because it's homegrown. Homegrown's no time for sighs. <laughs> well, s- speaking of, should we uh, should we get her started with these listener stories? I'm thinking so. Well, I think I'd like to head it off here from the very beginning. I mean, that is your way. <laughs> uh, we got to keep some things in uh, in tradition. Yep. So our first story is from homegrown artist Brianne Marie, who is a solo artist and a member of Brianne Marie and the Front Porch Sinners. Nice. Her story goes, when I was about 12 years old, I would often babysit my little cousin. It was a great time because I also got to hang out with his bigger sister, Donna, who was also my best friend. They lived in a super old house in the hillside that her dad grew up in. I used to talk in my sleep when I was growing up and usually my sleep talking would include sitting up or even walking around. For some reason, even though I mostly grew out of it by that age, I would still talk in my sleep when I spent the night at Donna's house. One night, I must have been talking so loudly that I startled myself out of my sleep. I woke up and was sitting straight up. It was dark, and I looked out of the room to the dimly lit hallway where I saw a figure that looked like my Auntie Rita, Donna's mom. She was walking up the stairs, but she looked weird, kind of like she was glowing gray or white and really pale. I kept watching as she got to the top of the stairs, looked at me, and then disappeared completely. 
Rita was not home at the time. They were still out at the bar. I don't know what or who I saw, but it gave me the creeps, and it still does thinking about it now. Ew. I keep hearing about all of these, like, ghosty situations with doppelgangers, mm -hmm. and it's just, like, my least favorite thing uh, below being touched, obviously. <laughs> well, Brienne has participated in many homegrown festivals since her first one in 2012. She noted that she played Sir Benedict's Tavern at that first one, which is a local bar and restaurant here. And the venue was mm -hmm. packed, and it was a magical night. She played it with her husband, Evan. Brianne Marie and the Front Porch Sinners are doing an unofficial homegrown event on Sunday, May 9th at 7 p.m. for KBFT's Virtual Fest. It's Mother's Day, so it's the perfect way to invite your mother over for dinner and listen to some sweet music. You can visit BrianneMarie.com, B-R-E-A-N-N-E-M-A-R-I-E.com, to purchase their album Juniper or check out upcoming shows, and we will share a link to her website on our Facebook later. But yeah, nothing included about if she still sleep talks or if she still sees a ghostly version of her Aunt Rita. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sleep talk, and I'm so... I don't think I do anyway. I guess I don't fully know. Maybe I do when people are just... don't tell me. You could get but... one of those apps that tracks it for you. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. That just sounds horrible. I keep seeing all these things on TikTok of I listen to my sleep app mm -mm. to hear what I do. And I was like, mm -mm. Mm -mm. I already have enough self-esteem issues. I don't need to also hear what happens in my sleep. Yeah. Can't help it. I'm not there. I don't want to know what I do when I sleep. I like to remain blissfully aware. Sometimes Sean tells me about things. I'm like, I didn't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to just keep that to yourself. It's a funny story. You can tell one friend. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but other than that, you have to just not do it. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a listener story up next. Okay. And it is from Aaron Ryko. Aaron is a Duluth photographer who, if you are from Duluth, may have seen roaming around venue to venue in the past. Mm -hmm. He actually did a really cool thing when quarantine first started where when people were doing live streams or band practices, he would take photos from outside of windows because it was the safe way for him to continue to take photos. Oh, yeah, I saw of some live of that. music. It was really cool. Yeah. So Aaron writes, I grew up without my maternal grandpa. He died when I was only a few weeks old. He'd taken on an almost mythological role in my family, kind, patient, and hardworking. My family was large and Catholic, which brought with it the belief in the reality of angels and spirits. When you grow up praying for the intercession of a saint, it is easy to take to the next step and try to contact him. My older cousin and I were the only ones who ever met him, which meant that it was our responsibility to bridge the gap. Whenever we got together, we would spend time in the bathroom trying to conjure him using the Bloody Mary technique. We'd say his name 13 times while staring into the mirror, Herman Zierden. Herman Zierden. Gradually, he'd start to resolve, and one of us would chicken out and run. We would come out scared, telling the younger cousins assembled that it didn't work and that they should never ever try it Ooh, i don't know how i feel about that i i understand the concept of trying to see something again like somebody you love again but mm -hmm. like i can't imagine it starting to form and then dispersing and like how do you how would he know that that's really his grandpa 
Right, because he died when he was only a few weeks old. But I do like the fact that because him and his older cousins were the only one who had actually met him, mm-hmm. it was their obligation to contact him. Yep. This, this mythical human who was all of these things to all of their family, and it was on them to meet him. They were the chosen few. They were the chosen few. And I appreciate the fact that they did the Bloody Mary technique. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the little kids. I love little kids. The logic that you have when you're that age is like, how do you conjure something? Well, Bloody I Mary. Heard a story. Obviously. I heard a story that if you say their name <laughs> into the bathroom mirror so many times, I like how he picked 13 because that's the spookiest number he probably had heard of. <laughs> and he's like, We'll, we'll do it 13 times. And then it worked. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about intent, really. Yeah, totally about intent. <laughs> but you can follow Aaron on Instagram and Facebook. Check out some of those photos I was talking about earlier at Ryko Photo, which is R-E-I-C-H-O-W photo for his photography of the Duluth music scene. And then you can check out the homegrown site, actually, for some of those photos I was just talking about. And as soon as it's safe, he is planning on having a show of his music work that he did during the pandemic, which is fantastic. But in the meantime, follow him on social media, and we'll put a link to his information on our Facebook and Instagram as well. Nice. Well, thank you, Aaron, for that. Oh, and thank you, Brianne. I don't think I thanked Brianne after I said the story the first time. Oh, no, we're not used to having so many. I know. It's new and different. (laughs) Our next story comes from Nick Pawlenty, better known on stage as Midi Evil. Midi tells us that we were on tour with LIB, Willie Diction, Megatron, who's also known as John Orr, that's relevant for the story, and others. They made a stop in North Dakota to play with Zen People, a collective out of that area. We played an early show at a comic book store. It's been so long that he does not remember where it was located or the name, but he was told before that it was a comic book shop and that it was a place for kids who didn't have, like, a space to go to play games and hang out. Kind of like YMCA or after-school programs. Building has been there for at least 50-plus years, he said. Okay. No one showed up. It was all artists. But we played anyway. The sound guy didn't like that no one was there, so he shut it down early when John Orr took the stage. Megatron proceeded to do a three-song acapella set just to do them. It was 6 p.m. His last song is always kind of a heartfelt one, talking about a friend he used to go tagging with in St. Paul who passed at an early age. Nothing happened, so we went out on our tour after that. When I got to the hotel to check the video from my GoPro and post some stuff to my Facebook page, I realized that there was a moving black spot during John's set while he was holding out his hand. I checked to see if it was a bug or a camera lens issue, but realized that the shot is still and that this black orb appears out of thin air, U-turns, and then disappears. Weird. The other crazy thing about this orb is that it is absolutely black, like the absence of light. Many people describe shadow figures as being darker than a dark room, and to me, this orb is that definition. So how does a blacker-than-black orb appear out of nowhere and then disappear into nothing in the middle of a well-lit room? I was talking to John after I found out about it, and to my surprise, he thought that he had felt his grandmother, who had recently passed away, in that moment, saying they were very close and that she always liked his music. In my opinion, I think John is sensitive to the spirit world and had something appear in front of him in the form of energy, almost creating a black hole-ish spirit orb, and the video speaks for itself. Mitty sent me this video, and it's 
so good. We will absolutely be sharing a video of this Megatron performance on our Facebook page, and you can absolutely see the Orbeez talking about. So I actually have this YouTube pulled up so that I can mm -hmm. show you exactly what we're talking about. Uh, again, I'll share it on our social media. In the recording, Mitty slowed it down so you can see it easier and see what he's talking about. Oh, nice. Did you see it? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, right? So it's kind of misty. Uh-huh. And it's not there for very long. And I've watched uh -uh. this thing like 20 times now after he said, sent it. And it, I can't come up with something. It doesn't look like a glitch in the screen or anything. It's And it's right no. out from where John has his hand up. Yeah. That's weird. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, as I said, I think three times now, we'll share that so y'all can see it. It's a YouTube link, so easy to access. Awesome. Mitty had another story if you want to share that one with us. I got you. All right. So he said, another story I wanted to pass along is one that you might get a kick out of. My parents have lived in Sauk Center, Minnesota, for almost 10 years now. If you know your stuff, it's the same town that the Palmer House resides in. Palmer House! Shout out, Palmer House! I've been there and stayed overnight, but never caught anything on video or audio. But I love that place and have spent a lot of time there, especially in the bar area. Either way, they live on Big Sauk Lake, the lake just northeast of the town. And my parents live on the north side of the lake and are neighbors to a resort that has been there for a long time. Ever since they would cut ice chunks out of the ice to refrigerate meat and did it by horse and huge timber saws. I've seen the pictures from the resort owner Steve myself. I couldn't give you an exact time period, but you can go back to the 1920s slash 1940s. The cabins they have for rent have stood for over 50 plus years. I used to hang out with the resort kids there, and when I got older, I would go with my cousin and drink beers underage from whoever would give them to us. Such a rebel. Such a rebel. My cousin Verge and I were coming home one night, cutting through the resort down to the lake, and then we walked to the beach to my parents' place. We heard an owl, made mention of it, and kept going. As the lake came into view, we saw a shadow of a boat and a fisherman just coming up on the dock. Remember how I was talking about being darker than dark? That's how we saw this figure and the boat. He pulled up, got out, and I noticed he was wearing a full-brim fishing hat with old-time waders that came up to his chest. You could really see the detail. As we made our way closer, he started his way back down the dock towards us and land. My cousin, Verge, yelled out, Did you catch anything? Such a Minnesotan thing to do. <laughs> and the guy never said anything. And as we got closer, his shadow went behind a tree, and he never came out the other side. Meaning the tree was small, so we should have been able to see him, so he couldn't hide behind the tree. We both looked at each other and started looking around for him. Nothing. No boat. No one was around. And Ew. it was in an open space beside just, like, two trees. Ew. We ran like bats out of hell as soon as we knew that there was no rational explanation. Three years later, I talked to the resort owner about it. He told me that there were rumors that a guy back in the 70s and 80s had a bad divorce and lived in one of the cabins, eventually hanging himself from the fan. I asked him to point out the cabin rumored to have had this happen in it, and he pointed to me the nearest cabin to the lake, also the closest to the place where we saw this figure. That is all rumor, though. So we will have to see. Mm -hmm. The weird thing is, though, is that after I talked to him, he opened up to me about his own house and that things would move around all by themselves and that things would be thrown from shelves. This is a hardworking country guy who doesn't believe in that kind of thing, but he said that it happens all the time. Weird, right? 
Wow. See, I'm I'm almost more convinced when people who wouldn't typically believe in that kind of thing finally open up and start talking about it because you know they don't want to admit it. It would take a lot for them to go. I mean, I don't believe in ghosts or anything, but uh, sometimes things fall off my shelves. <laughs> And go bump in the night, and I don't know what it is. But it's probably nothing, but that's weird, right? <laughs> Polenti told us that they've got some shows in the works. More mm-hmm. solidly, there's one coming up potentially in mid-May, but they're still working out the details, so y'all should follow them on Instagram for some more information once it comes solid. Their two group Instagram handles are at lowhighfunk, L-O-W-H, the number one, funk on instagram and then their boogeyman instagram handle is at b x x g three y m three (laughs) n low high funk and boogeyman both great groups love them to death love every members of them they're amazing they also have a new music video that's coming out today wednesday may 5th so look out for that yes I'll share the Megatron video and all of their Instagram handles, the group ones and their solo ones, and links to their band camps on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So that'll be a lot of information. After that first story, I reached out to Willie Diction, who was mentioned in Polenti's first story. Mm-hmm. And he had some spooky stories of his own. Okay. His stories go, and I quote, My buddy John had a haunted house across the street, always creaking, and they said an old guy lived there once. That's it? Yep. His next story goes... (laughs) His next story goes, My old apartment had a Ouija board tucked away in the corner. Tried using it, nothing came, though. So no Miss Alice for him? No Miss Alice for Willie. (laughs) And then Willie's last story goes, Played in the graveyard once, and a friend had a stone fall on his finger. Maybe one day I'll ask Willie Diction for more elaborate details, uh, but it was late, and I got the feeling maybe he was a little tired, uh, and I kind of <laughs> wanted to just share them the exact way he shared with them with me. So if I ever get further details that maybe make it creepier, I will, but I just thought that would be a nice thing to throw in. <laughs> I love the idea that he's like, oh, here's like a really, really brief synopsis of my scary things, hoping that maybe you'll ask him about it. Like, okay, elaborate more on this like haunted house situation. And instead you're like, nope, taking that as is. I did tell him I was going to do that though. I was like, Willie, I'm just okay. going to post this this way. <laughs> um, I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so breaking a little bit from the listener story format, I actually had a chance to interview a homegrown artist. This is our very first interview. Yes. So full warning beforehand, uh, we recorded it on Zoom, and his mic and my mic had two very different volumes. So Mm -hmm. I'm a lot quieter than he is, but his stuff is the important stuff, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, let's hear it. (laughs) So we're going to play my interview with Brian Ring of Lion or Gazelle. Left of Skeptic listeners, it's Kayla Moria here with Brian Ring of Lion or Gazelle, and he's got a bit of a story to tell us for our homegrown episode. Hi, Brian. Hey. <laughs> well, I understand you've got this already, so I'm gonna just let you take it from here. All right. So, uh, where I think 
I'm pretty positive it was between 1990 and 1992. So I have to provide a bit of a setup. So this is like kind of the height of the satanic panic. My mother uh, was very, um, grew up very Catholic. So she had been watching things like uh, Malecki Martin. Um, he is a fucking hack piece of shit. <laughs> um, I hope it's okay if I swear. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we do it every uh, time. He wrote this book uh, called Hostage of the Devil in 1976. I have read it at this point in my life. Uh, basically, it was just like, there's there's a woman doing physics. And like, you know, and, but then the devil takes her over because women shouldn't do physics. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, but he was on Oprah and she had promoted a lot of his writings and stuff. And so my mother was reading these things. Also, there was like, you know, there was, a, what was it, the, the McMartin preschool trials that were happening, I think, I believe up until 1990. It's one of the most expensive trials in the history of the United States. I've never heard of that. Um, well, basically, they said that they would, they would take these kids and then they would uh, shrink a horse down. And then they would flush them down the toilet with a horse. And then they would uh, sexually abuse them in a satanic way. Uh, oh, that's just wow. part of it. Um, but, uh, but setting the context, I, I believe is kind of important. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, there's a lot of crazy shit flying around, you know, like Oprah's got this fucking hack on her show, you know, it's, it's like lending it legitimacy. And then I can't remember the, uh, Geraldo, uh, the big mustache dude, uh, <laughs> you know, and he's doing all these, like, you know, like, oh, your, your kids are going to be like taken over by the devil and they're gonna get into a satanic cult and there's even like law enforcement videos but that was made later but those are really fun the law enforcement how to recognize a satanic cult i believe it was 96 97 uh that shit nonstop. the guy's mullet while he's explaining a pentagram <laughs> and trying to look cool in like a canadian tuxedo is absolutely brilliant <laughs> <laughs> so this all starts like kind of at the heat of this um my mom's very scared of the devil uh my my father very distant kind of abusive shithead and so we we have this terrible storm where it's like it's shaking the house there's a huge crash at one point <clears throat> we've got like candles up we're also trying to be quiet because my dad doesn't like noise uh <laughs> So a lot of shit going on, you know? <laughs> and we're like, why are we in the living room? I could just go sit in the dark. This guy's an asshole. But, you know, we're trying. Uh, <laughs> and so after this happens, it's maybe three to four days after that. Like, we start having, uh, we start hearing things in the house. We're not really acknowledging it to ourselves or, or to, to each other because we're pretty closed off. But, like, hearing knocking or uh things open and close i would often hear like i would hear like an, an auditory sound and then it was almost like it was being sent through like a tin cylinder with like a, a slinky inside almost like a weird reverb tank and my mom starts expressing these feelings of dread and that she's hearing things it just was like it just felt awful to be in the house. So like we tried just to be out of the house as much as we possibly could. And then the weather got bad and we were stuck in the house again. And uh, it got, it got kind of got to this, got to this point where like, you're just like scared to be alone. 
And then one morning I like walked out of my room. I'm all alone. It's like the weekend. And I, I could just like hear this scratching. And uh, I like stare under stairs. And it doesn't actually make sense because our stairs would like, they went down. And this person was standing above that. But I just saw their hands and their face like peering out at me. It was just like really long gray fingers and like really wispy white hair like a really sunken face and like their eyes like just almost hollow i don't like that it was terrible <laughs> it was absolutely terrible uh obviously i was like i'm going back to my room this is terrible but it just like kept happening and just like every time i was in the house and then i would bring friends over and they would hear shit in the house after, you know, we'd spend like the day playing video games or something like that. And they would start hearing the thing, hearing things that I would hear. Um, we were hearing them at different moments though. And then, like, I had like a dull headache, like what felt like forever. And I, this is like a two week period. Like we, we just absolutely would not go in the basement. Like the basement, we had one of those like really terrifying like murder basements. The unfinished just looks like everything's made to be a kill room. Yeah. (laughs) We've all seen them and we're like, you should finish this shit because I hate it. (laughs) You know, and then you got to go down there to do laundry and just like, it got to the point where like, I was hearing what felt like voices that were, uh, that were coming from like black corners of wherever I was and and like my mother started expressing that this you know this felt like a demon was in the house bringing it to the satanic panic you know I was a young because that's that's the only thing that makes sense yes I I was a young child and you know I'm if if I was smart enough at the time I would have been like toilet horses aren't real (laughs) I mean that'd be fun I mean if you had like a tiny horse that just hung out in your house I mean, I wouldn't flush them down the toilet. You know? I was going to say, there, there's, there's elements here that need to be clarified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to flush a horse down a toilet, you know? <laughs> Horses are terrifying. <laughs> so, but it was tiny. I feel like I could deal with that. I'd be like, you're still scary, but... <laughs> They're just so mad, and they should be mad. We ride them around. It's not cool. <laughs> Yeah, so like this, it just like keeps building and building, and my father starts hearing things, or or at least I feel like he probably was hearing things the whole time. He's a very stubborn man, uh, so you know he didn't want to admit any of that stuff. But then he started talking about it, and it got so bad that like it was like uh, I had to get taken to the doctor because like I was having, I was having like just auditory and actual hallucinations. And they figured out it was carbon monoxide. Oh, my God. And that we were almost, uh, that our chimney during the night of the, uh, the storm had caved in. So it was just pumping carbon monoxide into our house. Oh, my God. You could have died. Yeah, I probably have brain damage from it. <laughs> yeah, so we went and stayed at a hotel, and they ripped out our whole chimney <laughs> and fixed that. <laughs> And uh, the dread and the hallucinations and the dull headaches, all that stuff went away. Yeah, so that story took a twist I did not expect. 
I did not expect that either. Yeah, I, I mean, I he really set up the satanic panic thing. I do remember hearing about that elementary school or middle school. And I remember something about, yeah, the tiny horses and being flushed on the toilet. But for some reason, they just, like, believed all these little children saying that, like, their teachers were doing devil worship on them. It was, it's an odd story. Yeah, it's I had really never encountered that at all. But I think Christine on, and that's why we drank it an episode. Maybe I'll try and find it and I'll send it to you. So please. you can be like, oh, I, what? Okay, <laughs> tiny horses. Oh. Um, So... Brian has music available with Lion, his band Liner Gazelle on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I will share a link to their Spotify information on our social media. Awesome. So, on to the next story. Yes. So, I have a story from Rena Brower von Siebolds, who has actually performed in Homegrown's Poetry Showcase multiple times. And she submitted to us a story that she has titled, The Girl in White. When I was seven, we lived in the country and our house was surrounded by woods. My older sister would have been about nine. Her bedroom was facing the woods and she woke up early one foggy morning and sat up on her bed and looked out the window as she usually did. At the edge of the yard, just into the woods a little way, she saw a girl walking with bare feet in a white nightgown. She had long blonde hair and looked like me. My sister climbed out of her bed and went over to the window. She then tapped on the window in an attempt to get the girl's attention to see if it was me. The girl in the woods heard the sound, turned her head, and looked at my sister. She looked shocked that she had been seen and then took off running into the woods. My sister was confused, so she ran across the hall into my room to find me sleeping in my bed. She woke me up to tell me the whole story. Fast forward four years. I am 11. We have moved into a house on the edge of town. A river ran through our new backyard, and there was a patch of woods on the other side of our house with a small path, and through it, it would lead to a little wooden bridge that went over the river. It was beautiful and felt magical, like something out of a fairy tale, which also, yes, that sounds like an accurate description of something out of a fairy tale. Yeah. I was hanging out in the backyard one day and caught a glimpse of someone on the path. Assuming it was one of my sisters, I ran over to the path and saw a girl with long blonde hair in a white nightgown running away from me. She ran over the bridge and out of my sight, so I stopped in the middle of the path because I was confused and also incredibly creeped out. Yeah. (laughs) So jump forward two more years. I am 13. We are still in the same house at the edge of town, and I should note at this point that my mom is an alcoholic. It's relevant to this portion of the story, and it's the dead of winter, January easily 30 below zero my mom goes out to a bar a couple of miles down the road gets drunk and drives home at bar close when she pulls into the driveway she shuts off the car and fell asleep she woke up probably hours later to what she thought was me in a white nightgown tapping on the driver's side window my mom was freezing and still drunk the girl kept tapping on the window and motioning for her to get out of the car and come inside so my mom got out of the car and went inside to go to bed The next morning, I came out of my bedroom in a black hoodie and boxer shorts with flames on them. (laughs) Sounds like a cool kid. And my mom asked me if I had changed my clothes. I said, no. What are you talking about? And she said, yeah, you had to have changed because last night you came outside to get me and you were wearing a white nightgown. No one in my family has seen the girl in white since. Kind of weird to have a ghost doppelganger, if I'm being honest. Which is what I said at the beginning of this episode. That's right. Dude, so unplanned, because nobody that submitted us stories knew who else submitted these stories. We have two doppelganger stories. Yes. So, ha. 
I'm telling you, they're so creepy. <laughs> also, both both equally creepy, but I especially don't like that the span of time that this girl in white has been seen. That's a long time yeah. to repeatedly see an apparition. And different places. She moved. Yeah. Although it, was it in a new place. It does bode well that this ghost apparently I mean, it didn't want her mom to die because it got her to oh, get yeah. out of the car. I don't get any creepy vibes from this this apparition whatsoever. Well, I have a listener story that's anonymous. All right. I was messaged on Facebook by somebody who is not a homegrown artist but has a homegrown-related story. They did say the pronouns are she, her, but she wanted to stay unidentified. So okay. here it goes. I've been going to homegrown events for the past decade. As you know, drinking is a big part of homegrown for many people. Most of the shows happen in bars, and it's easy to forget how much you're drinking when you've started at 7 and keep going until bar closed. It was a Friday night during homegrown five years ago, and I was walking home because I couldn't find anyone to give me a ride. I had to walk through downtown near the old Cozy Building. For our non-Duluth listeners, the Cozy Building was kind of a run-down, really trashy terrible bar it's so sketchy it's so sketchy now it's abandoned and boarded up it's abandoned and boarded up and fenced in by a chain link fence because people kept breaking in to do sketchy stuff Mm -hmm. and it's burned down multiple times so just so you can get a picture of the neighborhood (laughs) this listener was walking through not a good one not Not a good one at all I had to walk through downtown near the old cozy building, and looking back, I probably should have been on Superior Street. Which is a well-lit street where most people are, and that is definitely a safety fact that you should always follow. Be where the people are and where the light is. Yep. I was drunk, but not blackout. I remember the night very clearly. I was alone on First Street, and it was pretty quiet. All of a sudden, I could hear footprints behind me. I didn't look back, figuring it was someone drunk or on drugs. I just moved my keys to my hand and started walking faster. The sound kept following me. About two minutes later, it stopped, and I kept walking for about another block before finally turning around and looking behind me. No one was there. I figured they may be turned off on another street, and so I walked the last three blocks home, wishing I had gotten a cab or a ride or something. Freaked out, but safe at home. Thank goodness. That night, I had the most vivid nightmare. I dreamt that I was walking around downtown during homegrown, but everything was silent and no one would talk to me. I could see people in the bars, but I couldn't get in. I could hear myself, but nothing else. Then I started walking home, the same route from my actual route the night before. As I was walking, I could hear someone walking behind me, but this time in my dream, I turned around and there was a shadow following me. It was about the size of an adult, but much wider. And I could hear its footsteps as it followed me. I ran to try to get home, but kept tripping, and somehow I had lost my way home. I just kept running, and the shadow kept following me. Oh, gross. I don't like that at all. I woke up, hung over, and scared shitless. I kept seeing the shadow thing in my head as I got ready for the day. Eventually, I sucked it up, headed back out into the world, ready to continue on to my next homegrown event that I had marked in my calendar. End of story. But no. Now, every year since this has happened, I have this nightmare. It's always during or right after homegrown. I've never had it any other time of the year. 
It's always the same venues, the same route home, and the same shadow chasing me to the house where I no longer live that I can't seem to get to. I always wake up feeling truly scared. I haven't looked up what this dream might mean, and I don't know if it's significant that it always happens around homegrown, but it really creeps me out. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So we've already discussed that I don't like shadows. And I, so I don't know anything about dream meetings, but I do wonder if it's significant that it always happens around the same time of year, or it's just because homegrown reminds them of it. it. So they don't think about it until Homegrown comes around again and they're like, oh, oh, remember that really creepy dream? And then she's like, yeah, well, good thing that dream's over. And then it happens again because she was thinking about it. Right. I have a couple of friends that are really good at dream interpretation. I am not one of them. And all of my reoccurring dreams are terrifying or completely mundane. Mm -hmm. There's a Mitch Hedberg joke that says, I hate dreams. Like, because you're trying to just rest and all of a sudden I have to build a go-kart with my landlord. My mundane <laughs> yes, dreams <laughs> are something like that. It's like, I'm at work. And then I wake up and I realize that I was not at work and now I have to go to work. So I will take the mundane-ass dreams, though, over a shadow figure following me every home run. Yeah, I don't like that. I'll pass. <laughs> Thanks. All right, well, I have one final story for us. Yay. On our all-listener story episode. <laughs> All right, so our final story this evening comes from Melissa Latour, who is the Homegrown Music Festival's executive director and a badass lady. Badass! Oh, there's so much stuff that she's done. She, like, didn't she start the derby in town? The roller derby I in town? I think she might have. She's one of, yeah, I think she might have, and she's one of the original co-founders with me for FemenFest. And you she's know, just, director. in general, like, the nicest person. Just the nicest person. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, Melissa says, When I was seven years old, I woke up from a sleep needing to use the bathroom. I was in the bathroom at the house that my family and I had moved into the year prior. As I looked out of the bathroom window, I saw something slightly white glowing and moving beyond the tree line in the backyard. I knew I would get into trouble if I went outside, and I had no idea what time it was, but it seemed late in the night, and the white glow in the woods would fade and come back, almost like someone walking closer and then moving back again. I went back in my room to grab my glasses, and when I put them on, I couldn't see anything. I went downstairs, and I unlocked the door, and I left the door open as I began walking towards the woods. I didn't have fear, but more of an eagerness to see what the thing was. As I approached the line of the woods, I climbed on a boulder by the entry path and sat on it. I was more worried about what my parents would do if they found me outside than anything else. I closed my eyes and tried to clear any existing thoughts, and then I felt a pressure of air all around me. Mm. It was a hot night with no breeze, so I knew that what I was feeling was not just the wind, and it was more controlled and direct. I jumped up from the rock, and the coolness that surrounded me stayed there for what may have been another minute before I heard a very, very faint whisper. The word whispered was, Diane. <laughs> I ran to the house super fast, locked the door behind me, and stayed awake for the rest of the night. I've never had another instance of this again, but every so often while I visit my parents, I take a walk to that rock and sit there hoping to be visited again. Diane. <sighs> Diane. No, stop bringing up Alice. <laughs> I'm still a little freaked out by that. 
<laughs> but so weird. <laughs> you have done so much like good work with Melissa. I want you to uh, ask her if you if she thinks there's a significance to the Diane thing. Can you do that for me? I will definitely do that. Sweet. Because I feel like any time a ghost chooses to tell you a word, there's usually a significance to it. Right. If you only have so much energy to manifest a word or two, it must be something specific. Yep. Yep. So this was our first listener story episode, and I am stoked about the quality of the content that we got. Yeah, definitely. But guess what? If you want to send us your own listener story... You still can, because we accept listener stories all the time, not just during Homegrown. You can email us, leftofskeptic at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, leftofskeptic.com, and click the listener stories tab to submit from there. You do not have to give your name. You can remain anonymous, like one of our listeners did this week. You just have to let us know your pronouns, please, because we appreciate that, and we always want to respect pronouns. Exactly. You can also find us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Left of Skeptic and on Facebook at Left of Skeptic Podcast. We will be sharing a ton of content this week because of this listener story episode. Expect to find links to a bunch of music and videos. And even if you're not from around here, you should still totally check it out because we are surrounded by some very talented artists that even if you're not here, it's totally worth listening to, and you're going to love it. And if you want to check out some of the stuff that they're doing for this virtual homegrown, you can head to their website at DuluthHomegrown.org. Yep. They have links to everything, and you'll be able to see the schedule to see when new things are being released. Well, we want to thank you all for joining us for this extra special Spooky Wednesday. This homegrown Spooky Wednesday. Happy homegrown. Happy homegrown! Okay, I, bye! bye.